0: You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Mayne Robbins. Our current serial is Musketeer Space. Chapter 24. Hover Chandeliers Are Forever. Dana leaned back against the arm of an embroidered couch in the Prince Consort's dressing room. She was not asleep. She could not imagine herself managing to lose consciousness yet, but she was nearly home, and that was wonderful. Conrad was the opposite of relaxed. He was dressed for the ball, in a beautifully cut but undecorated black suit, much like the one that the prince had insisted upon wearing. The simple shade and lines of the suit showed off the golden-brown glow of Conrad's skin and the metallic scales that trailed down the side of his neck. Conrad's shoulders were tense. His long tailor's fingers drummed in an anxious pattern against the back of the couch. His blue hair was a shade too long now, and kept falling in his eyes, forcing him to brush it impatiently away every few minutes. Danny could see that his thoughts were entirely on Alec, and the scene playing out right now in the ballroom can't go out there like a normal person. "'He has to make a performance of it,' Conrad muttered, mostly to himself. Adrenaline still burned through Dana. The long venturer journey back from Valor had not dampened the excitement of the mission, especially as she had spent most of her time fidgeting in her seat and recounting the adventure in her head when not using Planchet's clamshell to research any information she could find "'about Milord Vaniel de Winter. "'She'd not been able to find out much, "'except that he was the private secretary of the interior "'and had something to do with government intelligence. <laughs> something political. Hilarious. "'As Milord, he had been working with Rosnay Cho for the cardinal. "'As Winter?' He had apparently taken up residence inside Buck's tortured mind. But what did any of that actually mean? Dana didn't want to think about it. What she wanted was to lean over and lick a wet stripe up Conrad's throat. If he could stop being irritated by the prince's antics for five seconds, she might get her chance. Conrad pressed both hands over his eyes now, as if he was actually in pain. He could have worn the damn coat and the damn studs in the first instance. Now he's just drawing attention to the whole mess and... Conrad, Dana said, in a low voice, drives me up the wall. If subtlety was a gene, his was removed at birth. Maybe it's some kind of subtlety disorder. Conrad... You don't know what I put up with, Dana. You really don't. Dana crawled along the couch and straddled his lap. Conrad. He opened his eyes, huffing out a startled breath. Then very slowly he smiled. It was an exceptionally charming smile, and it warmed her all the way down. Hello there, he said. His attention finally on her. Hi, said Dana, shifting in his lap. Have I mentioned how grateful I am that you saved my idiot boss's hide? I'm sure you were about to mention it. Conrad walked his fingers up the back of her bare neck, drawing their mouths closer together. His lower lip made a teasing swipe against her own, a preliminary touch that made her shiver. More. She wanted more. I was definitely about to do that. The door to the dressing room slammed open, and Alec marched in. Don't mind me, he snapped, heading for where the peacock coat hung, freshly pressed, against the wall. Conrad drew back from Dana with an apologetic look, and she climbed off his lap so he could get on with his job. Ready for stage two, Highness? Stage two, Alec agreed, holding out his arms. Conrad slid the peacock coat onto the prince. The cut was perfect, of course, swinging against his hips in a fierce statement of bold beauty. The lapels of the coat glittered with twelve perfect diamond studs. Even knowing that two of them had been replaced very recently, Dana could not tell the difference. Still don't know why you needed to bother with stage one, Conrad said. Coughing as he spoke, so that the prince could choose to ignore the insubordinate tone. Yes, you do, Alex said calmly. I had to see if my wife chose to test me. I wanted to give her a chance to trust me. He sighed, giving no sign of being pleased at the effect of the peacock jacket in the mirror. Not that I have any right to complain. We all know that the Cardinal's objections to you have nothing to do with what you do or don't do in bed, Conrad said, brushing the coat one last time for the sake of professional pride. Still, said Alec, his face set hard, I have a second chance to make this right. I'm not going to let my own weakness get the better of me again. I knew the deal when I signed the contract. Time to start making the best of this bloody marriage. He turned to Dana on his way out, clasping her hand for a moment. I can never thank you enough, Captain D'Artagnan. Dana blinked with shock at the title. That's not a... That's a long way off, she said finally, embarrassed at the thought of it. I'm not even a musketeer. We'll have to see if we can do something about that said the prince consort with a cheeky grin. In the meantime, accept this token of my appreciation. He pressed something small and sharp into the curve of Dana's palm and then swung away, striding back to where the regents was waiting for him in the ballroom. Dana looked down and saw a jeweled stud in her palm. It gave off a very expensive gleam of white, shot through with coloured veins, "'that swallowed the light around it. "'Oh,' she breathed. "'Conrad came to see, "'his blue hair falling in his face again as he peered over her palm. "'That's an opal,' he said. "'Very rare. Only found on Oster. "'The prince likes you.' "'He looked up then, his dark eyes catching hers before he smiled. "'Not as much as I like you.' "'Dana arched an eyebrow at him. You admit I was the right person for the mission, despite my lack of credentials? Conrad laughed at that, dropping back onto the couch beside her. His hand trailed up and down her wrist, a casual touch that nevertheless made her pulse pick up speed. You can't blame a fellow for being careful. Careful is good. Dana leaned back against the couch. I suffered a lot for this mission. I wore a dress. Me? An actual dress? She had changed back into a plain flight suit as soon as she reached Luna Palais. The thought of swishing one of the Duchess of Buckingham's gowns around here, where people knew her, was enough to make her howl with embarrassment. I'd like to have seen that, Conrad said, his eyes lighting up. It was horrible. A crime against humanity. I don't believe a word of it. His hand stroked her arm all the way up until his fingers brushed against her collarbone. Dana, I can't... You know about palace contracts, right? She leaned into him, her own fingers combing through his spiky blue hair. If he was allowed to touch, then so was she. Are we talking about morality clauses? No one cares about that stuff, not really. You know what palace types are like, all... So sophisticated you want to smack him in the face, but I can't afford to give anyone ammunition against me. Not in the middle of all this. If I get myself exiled, Alec will have no one left in his corner. Dana nodded, her fingertips drifting lower to trace the muscular ridges of his shoulder blades. Are you saying we can't, or that we have to be discreet? Conrad leaned into her, nuzzling her neck. His breath was warm against her skin. Discreet. Not the other one. The other one is a terrible idea. Where? she whispered. She didn't want to stop touching him, but he was right. The prince's dressing room was not the place for this. Discreet. She could do discreet. I need to be here tonight. What are your plans for tomorrow? Dana sighed and pulled away from him. Her brain worked better when she wasn't thinking about the warmth of his skin against hers. Tomorrow was so far away. I have to report to Treville and then check for any sign of communication from my friends. If there's no word from any of them of their engies, I'll have to retrace the trip, see if I can find out what happened to them. Will you still be in Paris tomorrow night? Conrad moved back against the other side of the couch, putting distance between them. Dana wanted to pounce on him, but she could be a grown-up about this. She could wait. It should take a day or so to get everything sorted before I'm off again, she said, so yes, I'll still be here. Conrad gave her a hopeful smile. I have tomorrow evening free. I know somewhere we can go. Will you meet me at the Fountain of Tranquility at 1900 hours? Yes, Dana breathed. She tried to make herself stand up and walk out of here with her dignity intact, but she couldn't help herself. She moved forward, just a slight arch of her back, and Conrad met her in the middle of the couch. They caught each other, one hungry kiss turning into another and another. One of them was going to have to be strong enough to pull away. As Conrad's tongue grazed against her teeth, Dana was certain it wasn't going to be her. She curled her hand into the fabric over his hip and tugged him closer. The Marquise de Wardes had embraced the Peacock and Diamonds theme more thoroughly than any other guest at the ball. Her thick black cornrows were adorned with ribbons and silk peacock feathers, fanning out as if she was about to take flight. She was wrapped in a gown that sparkled pale and gleaming against her dark skin, giving the effect that it was made of actual diamond. The hover chandeliers, programmed to capture the most visually interesting moments of the Regents' ball, clustered so intensely around the marquise that they almost caused a collision. All the media representatives who'd been allowed into the ball a very exclusive list – clustered around her as devotedly as the hover chandeliers. Lalla Louise Renard Royale watched the scene. The Marquise's glowing smile and her self-deprecating laugh as the party began to orbit around her. The Cardinal was right. This was the woman that they, church and crown alike, needed as First Minister of Valour. The Regents needed the support of the Marquise, with her sharp wit, her talent for PR, and her unswerving loyalty to the idea of a united planetary government. It was almost as good as having Chevreuse around again. Lalla Louise frowned at that thought. She'd never found a good enough replacement for Minister Marie Chevreuse Montbazon, but of course she had to go. A minister of PR who cared more about the Prince Consort than the Regent's Royale was not someone to be trusted. The Regents resolved to invite the Marquise de Wardes to extend her stay on Luna Palais. They had much to discuss, and she wanted to make it clear to everyone that the other woman had her support and friendship. If that meant sabotaging the Duchess of Buckingham's attempts to win the Valour election and Lalaluisa's husband in one blow, then so much the better. Your Highness looks sad, said a voice. Lalla Louise looked up into the calm eyes of Cardinal Richelieu, the one person who was always on her side. The Cardinal wore formal silks and a long star scarf that entirely wrapped her hair. It was rare for her to dress so traditionally out of church services, though in a nod to the theme of the ball, the scarf was purple, with a peacock pattern picked out in gold embroidery thread. "'Your eminence should not be so concerned about me,' Lalla Louise replied softly. "'How can I not? The solar system rests in your hands, my dear. Your well-being is vital to us all.' This was the Cardinal as foster-mother and devoted long-time friend then, not the sharp-tongued ruthless political adviser. It was not always easy to tell the difference.' Lala Louise made an effort to smile. This anniversary ball hasn't gone quite as we hoped. The Cardinal arched one perfect eyebrow. I think it's going splendidly, but perhaps we had different outcomes in mind. Lala Louise became angry at Alec all over again. What in space was he thinking? Strolling in wearing clothes that were barely formal enough for dinner? Had she lost his respect as well as his loyalty? She had hoped that by now they would have become a powerful team working in sync with each other. A partnership that strengthened her ability to rule the solar system. Something like the robust business-like relationship her grandparents had enjoyed. She should not be worrying about any secret alliances his family on Oster might or might not have been making with the new aristocrats of valour behind her back. It all came back to Chevreuse. The Duchess of Buckingham going rogue was one thing, but if Buck had Marie Chevreuse on her side, that woman was diabolical. You will forgive me, Highness, said the Cardinal, but I have a gift for you. As you know, I am always thinking about the crown. Yes, said Lalla Louise absently. Of course you are. I know that your highness has been concerned about my recent theories about Prince Alec's loyalties. I was startled, no, dismayed, when a recent rumour reached me and sent one of my best agents to investigate. I think that you'll find that the answer to all our questions lies here. And the cardinal spread her gloved palm wide. Two perfect-cut diamond studs. Gleamed beneath the light of the hover chandeliers. Lalaloise stared. Those are the studs that my husband should be wearing tonight. The cardinal smiled sadly. I hate to be the one to break it to your highness, but this is an important reminder that even those with whom we are most intimate can become compromised. She tipped the diamonds, into Lala Louise's palm. "'You'll excuse me, Eminence,' said a smooth voice, breaking into the sudden buzz that Lala Louise heard in her ears. "'But I would like to dance with my wife.' She was numb all over, and yet she felt Alec's arms come around her. He drew her into the dancing with that same fluid grace they managed at no other time in their lives. Dancing. They had always been good at dancing. Three of the hover chandeliers broke away from the Marquise de Wardes and tracked the royal couple as they moved in perfect synchronicity across the ballroom floor. I'm sorry, Alex said, and as Lala Louise leaned back in his arms, she saw that he was wearing the coat. Finally. The colour looked gorgeous over the black, plain black suit, and he'd put some kind of gold glitter gel in his emerald green hair that made him sparkle beneath the lights. I was feeling rebellious and took my anger out on you. It was unfair of me. It won't happen again. He took her breath away with his beauty. Lala Louise rarely craved physical touch, even that of her husband, and yet... She could look at him all day. Angry, she said in a softer voice than she had intended. What on earth made you angry? There was a different energy about him tonight. Alec danced with her like he played that zero-gravity game, as if there was a winner and a loser and one of them was about to be struck by a pole. I got the distinct impression I was being tested, he said with an edge to his voice. "'I did not like it. "'I don't think it was your idea, "'but that doesn't make me feel better.' "'Even as her wrist rested elegantly on the back of his neck, "'Lala Louise's hand was still curled around the two diamond studs "'that the cardinal had presented to her. "'She was not entirely sure what they meant. "'I'm sorry, my dove. "'I had convinced myself that you were involved in something political.' Alec twisted his mouth in exaggerated distaste. Have you met me? I leave the political to you, dear heart. I'm sports and entertainment. She laughed and let him sweep her onwards, with no further words. The dance could speak for them now. More hover chandeliers clustered above them, capturing their warmth and happiness from every angle. Finally the song ended and they came to a stop near Cardinal Richelieu. Time to be brave. Did you lose these? Lala Louise asked, opening her hand and pressing the new diamonds against her husband's chest. Alec looked down, counting exaggeratedly. All present and correct. Sure enough, there were six diamond studs weighing down each of the long lapels of his beautifully tailored jacket. Lala Louise was confused. Your eminence. Am I missing something? We should have twelve diamonds, and we appear to have fourteen. The cardinal looked as if someone had poisoned her precious atrium garden and burned down her favourite cathedral for good measure. Then warmth shone out of her eyes, and she smiled like the proud mother figure she had always been to Lalla Louise. "'A gift, Your Highness. Consider them tokens of my esteem for the Prince Consort, on the occasion of your anniversary. May you celebrate many more.' "'Lala Louise did not believe a word of it, and she was certain Alec did not either, but they were all friends here. "'The Hover Chandeliers were broadcasting every moment to the solar system at large, and smiles were called for all around.' "'Surely it's not appropriate for me to outshine my beautiful wife,' said Alec, and promptly took the new diamonds out of Lalla Louise's hand, pressing them to the lapels of the jacket she had worn to match his. "'We are quite out of balance, my love,' he added, and seized more diamonds from his own jacket, pressing them to hers, then pulling them off and rearranging them so it was impossible to tell which were the new and which belonged to the original set.' Lalla Louise laughed in a moment of pure delight. When the music struck up again, she let him lead her in another dance. The hover chandeliers trailed above them, capturing every secret smile and casual touch and diamond gleam between husband and wife. You could not save the solar system by dancing in public, but here and now, on the brink of another terrible intergalactic war, it could not hurt. It could not hurt at all. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at Tansy or at Sheep Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at Tansy Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. This month, November 2021, a brand new Teacup Magic novella is coming for Patreon subscribers only. So uh, get in there if you are not currently a subscriber. And otherwise, I will see you next week.